We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, welcome back into the vault, which is our daily podcast, of course, covering the Baltimore Ravens. I'm Bobby Trossett, and this is the first of many episodes coming up over the next two weeks where I'll be solo venturing without my co-host, Sarah Ellison, who, as I tape this, is literally in the air for Tokyo with her oldest son and her husband for a field trip. I don't know what kind of school she's sending Gardner to, but that's pretty dang cool. So we'll chat with Sarah about that, of course, when she gets back in early April. But without further ado, have a featured guest as promised. We're going to welcome back our first ever guest. Matter of fact, crazy enough, I think it was back in July where we last chatted to Ravens fullback Pat Ricard, who all of a sudden is gearing up for his seventh NFL season, all of which has been with the Baltimore Ravens. So let's bring him in. Number 42, welcome back to the show. We missed you. Glad you're back. How's your offseason, brother? It's good, man. I've uh, been up in Massachusetts. Uh, I have a house up here, actually, in my hometown. Uh, my wife's from the area, so we come back here every offseason, spend time with family and friends. It's been you know, going really well. Um, going back down in Baltimore a couple of weeks, get OTAs going. Um, you know, it, It's been a good offseason, um, but definitely looking forward to be back in Baltimore, that's for sure. It's been a heck of an offseason. We got a lot to discuss, obviously, with with changes made and headlines and you name it. We'll get to all that in just a bit. But uh, you've been having a pretty, pretty busy offseason as well. I know we were chatting when you were out in Vegas at the Pro Bowl. So how was that entire experience? I saw you doing what which competition was it called where you were catching fly balls? Like, what was the actual <laughs> name of that? That was pretty funny. Yeah. So this year for the Pro Bowl, it was different. They didn't have just the football games. They had it now as the Pro Bowl games, right? So they had like yeah. just different, you know, just different games. So for me, I had to do, I think it was called like the lightning round. So like the first round was balloon tosses. And yeah, you know, this is what they're having pro athletes do. They're having us toss balloons. But uh, we had to pick partners. So I picked Roquan Smith, you know, naturally, right? And we killed it. We, we each, you know, tossed it back and forth, yeah. caught it, didn't didn't pop the balloon, and we made it to the next round. And the next round was the catching punts. And we all know your boy has some hands. So I advanced the next round. I caught three. I should have caught the fourth one. You know, you had to hold all the balls at once. So I had three balls in one hand and then try to catch the fourth with the other. But I attacked the ball a little too late. You know, maybe you can ask uh, Devin DuVernay for some pointers on that. But uh, 
And then I was supposed to make it to the, the final round was me throwing the football. Um, it was supposed to be me and Trey Hendrickson. We were supposed to throw it at these targets, and we were trying to dunk Eli Manning with some water. But it wasn't really water, but we were trying to dunk them to win. And then last second, they pulled me out. And they pulled me out because I guess on the TV broadcaster, they like on the TV, they said that Joel Batino, the guard from Cleveland, actually advanced. So all of a sudden they had to switch me out. It was cool though. You know, I I, I uh still, you know, represented the, the Ravens flock well and myself. And uh that was one of the games I had to do. And besides that, it was just a flag game. Just play some flag football and, and that was really it. And then obviously, you know, the Pro Bowl. Yeah. We were there we were there all week in Vegas and they had a couple of events for us, but um it was you know, not 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 too crazy of a week. It was a lot of fun though. It looked like it was fun and your hotel looked like it was right on the main strip there. So that must have been tempting. But uh I mean, are you on record for I mean, this was the first like Pro Bowl games, right? So are you on record for I mean, I know you had fun, but would you have rather played in an actual game? Like where are you at with that? I actually like the change. I think, you know, the actual game, I think guys didn't really play very hard they're not tackling they're not trying to hit because you know they're not trying to get hurt that's the biggest thing um so i think having the games i think it was better it kind of shows you know more personality of the players you know just a kind of different aspect to things we can do i guess and i think the coolest thing was honestly us playing with no helmets you know we're we're always playing with helmets so you know, when we're out there on the field, everyone just doesn't really see our faces. So it was kind of cool to, you know, see our actual faces and kind of have like a different spin on it. And, you know, flag football is becoming a lot more popular in the world. And it's especially for the youth and uh, females and just international uh, countries besides obviously America. So it's I think it's um, kind of important for NFL players to also kind of get involved in flag and kind of show the world more you know kind of more awareness to flag um but i think it was really cool i think they can expand on it i think they can add some different games besides you know having us just catch water balloons um but i i enjoyed it i think it was cool your partner roquan there i saw you went from vegas to uh, like an asian experience he marlon ronnie right was there anybody else on that trip and uh, do you have anything planned that that kind of uh vast like they did um, the other person was Tyus Bowser. He was with them too. It's them four. Um, I felt like they were in Asia for like a month. Like they were in like Japan, then they were in Thailand. I don't know if they went to like China or somewhere else, but man, they were having an experience. It was a lot, it was really cool to follow them on their you know social media and stuff. But I don't have anything planned like that right now. Um, yeah. I, I definitely want to go to to Japan one of these days. That's for sure, though. Uh, we're gonna have to get the 411 from Sarah when she gets back. But yeah, you're right. Like literally, there I was following their stories, and it, I didn't think they were ever gonna come back. And the, the best part about it is like, okay, do they follow football out there? I don't know. Maybe they would know like the Brady's of the world and the Mahomes. But like, they were just average dudes walking down the street. So I, it sounded like they were just really enjoying that for what it was. Because obviously, you guys can't do that in Baltimore, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean. You know, some of the things I saw, they, you know, they actually had like some, you know, I saw some Ravens logos at like some restaurants they were at. So, like, I don't know if they kind of told them and like, you know, the people where they were were all excited and they wanted to host them and, you know, celebrate them or whatever it was. But yeah, I don't know how popular, you know, American football is over there. But I'm sure those guys, you know, they're, especially Ronnie's kind of a big dude, pretty tall. So they probably were like, who's this dude? You know, like he's definitely playing something. Yeah. 
literally. That's the thing about like culture out there that the people tend to be relatively shorter than we are here. And I'm, I'm well under six foot, so I can't even speak to this, but they must've stuck out like a sore thumb, which had to have been hilarious. Um, you're gearing up for, for your seventh NFL season, which is hard to believe you and I were in the same graduating class at, at different colleges, but we both came out in, in 2017. So at, at this point, you know, where are you at with things at, when it comes to your offseason objectives and, and year seven coming up in Baltimore? You know, I think the biggest thing for me is just continue to work on my body. You know, played six years in the NFL. You kind of get banged up a little bit, especially in my position. So I just got to make sure that my body is ready to go for the season and just to continue to, to keep playing for as long as I can. So that's my main priority. And then, you know, secondly, we have a new offensive coordinator. So now as soon as I get back, it's going to have to learn a whole new offense and kind of see what, what my role is going to be in this offense. You know, I don't know if I'm going to be playing quite as much. I don't know if I'm playing the same. Um, you know, it all depends on kind of how, you know, it shakes out with who we have and kind of the identity of our offense and how it goes. I mean, right now we don't even know who our quarterback is going to be. You know, I'm hoping and praying to Lamar. But, we, you know, it's just some open questions still we're trying to figure out. And um, But, you know, at the end of the day, I can only control what I can control. So, again, my body, um, as soon as I get there, the playbook. And um, just kind of, you know, keep doing what I've been doing, just believing in myself and just try to, you know, be the best teammate, best player for myself, the team, and just try to, you know, keep winning games and, you know, ultimately get the Super Bowl. That's, you know, that's our ultimate goal. So you brought up Lamar and uh, it's been a vicious offseason, I would say, especially if you're a Twitter user, which I know you are and you're relatively active on it. So I'm sure you see and read and hear a lot of the things that, that we all consume on a daily basis about him. Uh, I don't know how he does it. <laughs> First and foremost, I mean, he put up a tweet. We're taping this on on Thursday the 23rd. He put up a tweet yesterday. It was pretty funny. Like he screenshot that that photo of um, Marlon after like wrecking his ATV or something. And like there was mud all over his face and he was confused. And he's like me every time I pop on social media, which there's a lot of misinformation out there. I think we can probably all agree about that. There's a lot of opinions. There's a lot of commentary. Have you had a chance to catch up with him this offseason? And, and if if yes, you know, how are those – where do you think he's at right now with things? And and then if you haven't, how do you think the way that he – how do you think he's handling this? Because he's got a lot of people speaking for him. He has yet to speak for himself. I guess that exclusive interview is coming up at some point. I'll be curious to see what that's all about. So I I haven't personally talked to him. You know, I, I don't – I'm a pretty – pretty quiet dude you know i have i have my circle of friends on the team and you know other guys i have no problems i'll talk to them but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna reach out to lamar and ask him you know what what's going on dude like are you signing back here like it, you know it, it's his business and i'm not gonna speak on him but you know there's definitely a lot of rumors that's going around a lot of talk because you know it is a big deal you know he's our franchise quarterback and and when things aren't going you know quite as smooth as it has been a lot of be a lot of controversy and a lot of things are going to be said but like at the end of the day like the only things i will believe are things that comes from his mouth and i i i don't know i don't know who else you can really like trust for like what's going on like I, everyone that's like whole offseason's basking like hey what's going on with lamar what's happening what's happening and i'm like you probably know just as much as i do like i don't really know what's what's really happening behind closed doors. Nobody really does besides, you know, him, DaCosta, uh, you know, other people in the Ravens organization. Um, so, you know, if I was him, I would probably not be on social media right now that much just because, like, I wouldn't want to be seeing all the stuff said about me, 
that's probably not true. And, you know, if you didn't know Lamar likes to have fun with some of that stuff and kind of like, you know, he said that, that, that Marlon post, I thought it was pretty funny because I was seeing some crazy stuff just like about Lamar the other day. And it's just funny to see kind of him just like say something so silly on Twitter that's just like debunks it all. So I know, I guess, you know, time will tell what will happen with him and in this team. Um, at the end of the day, I just want what's best for him and best for this team. So uh, hopefully they can get a deal done because, you know, we all believe in Lamar here. We all want him here. So, um, but he's going to do what's, uh, you know, what he thinks is best. So time will tell. I don't know how much longer, but um, we'll see. You mentioned something that I, I think we've seen a lot of from him over his five seasons in the NFL, you know, and that's the fact that he's, he's, yeah, he's like a playful guy, whether it's on social media with reporters, you name it. He's a happy go lucky guy, humorous guy. Anything he says it's typically sometimes just comes across as funny because he's, that's just his laid back personality, right? The outside looking in last year, given the weight of the contract, I'm sure that was on his shoulders and then the PCL sprain and everything that we, we know went into last year, I guess from the outside looking in, I saw somewhat of a change in demeanor. I don't know if it was stress. I don't know if it was frustration. I don't know if it was just uh, everything coming down. Like I said, you know, just uh, too much of a weight for him to to hold. You being internally there on his offense in the locker room. I know he wasn't, you know, quote unquote, with the team on a daily basis because of the injury. But uh, did you did you sense that at all? Or I mean. <laughs> I mean, when you're in your contract year, I mean, there's going to be stresses and stuff like that. But I think he always does a good job of kind of ignoring the outside noise. Like, I remember when he was 2019, when he was just shredding the league. And you wouldn't even know in the locker room that he was going to be an MVP of the yeah. of the whole league in his second year. Like, you just didn't know because he's just the same way. So, I don't know if, you know, if, if you felt like it was – because of the contract or this and that, I think, I think he's just a very competitive guy and he wants to win really bad. And he's just, I don't know if he's just starting to get a little frustrated that like, we just aren't having, you know, as much success, I guess that he wants because he wants to win every game. He wants to win every playoff game, win the Super Bowl. That's his goal. So for anything short of that, he's going to be frustrated. So I don't know if it's just kind of like, it's starting to, He's starting to show it more or if it's the contract that kind of weighed on him a little bit that kind of made him uh want to you know more emotion because you know at the end of the day you know football is a very emotional game and sometimes it's hard to control your emotions and to not show it in certain ways and he's our quarterback he's our leader so like i'm okay with him showing emotions i'm okay with stuff like that um Cause I remember one time, one game he yelled at me and I was like, yo, you yelling at me right now, Lamar? Like, this is crazy. Like you've never, yeah. you never yell. And especially towards me. And, but it was, I was fine with it because he's just, he wants to win. Like I had a dumb holding call in the game and I never hold ever. Like, I think I had like two or three holding calls in my six years. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I think, um, you know, it could be a lot of things. Um, but I think he still played well this past year. Obviously the injury was um, unfortunate and, um, you know, you, you want your best players to play, but at the same time, if they're saying that they're by playing, they're going to injure themselves more, they're not ready. Then like, you have to kind of honor that, um, just kind of what it is, you know, you don't want a, another RG three story of him going in thinking, Oh, I'm fine. Like or getting pressured by the team or, 
or this and that or whatever it is. And then you go in and you hurt yourself even more. And then your career is just altered, you know, forever. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, I think it was definitely a interesting year. That's for sure. Yeah. The last couple of years for you guys has just been chaotic, you know, especially from a news cycle standpoint and trying to, to handle that while also getting your business done on the field. And bottom line is one play away, right? One play away from extending the playoff run and who knows what happens from there. You mentioned Trey Hendrickson earlier on, and I was thinking about that play. Uh, did you guys talk about it at all in Vegas? The Sam Hubbard play? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm confusing the two of them. It's Hubbard. <laughs> They're both big bodies. They're That's right. It was Hubbard, not Hendrickson. Dude, I'm yes. sorry. Hubbard. Um, yeah. No, no, I'm not going to bring that up. You know, I'm not going to be like, hey, so remember the play where you guys pretty much won the game in the playoffs? Like, no, it was more of it was more of just him and I just like you know, kind of chopping it up just about little things because we go at it all the time. A lot of respect for each other. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, no, we didn't talk about that. We're going to we're going to let that just be, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that'll be. uh you can use that as motivation when you need to, but until then exactly. let's, let's file that thing away. Uh, dude, you're right. You never hold you, you never ever hold. And for, for Lamar, for you and Lamar to have had that exchange in game, it's actually making me think he's, he had a similar exchange with Ronnie at, at points throughout the year. And um, it was interesting. Like you just brought that up and it kind of brought me down memory lane. Like, yeah, th we did see a more emotional Lamar Jackson last year. Uh, but, but bring us inside, like what happens in the moments after, like you guys are able to just quickly move on, right? Is it joked about afterwards? Is it even talked about? Does it not need to be talked about? No, it's, it's talked about because it's, it's definitely talked about oh, yeah. because <laughs> we're on national TV. Like you can't be yelling at us. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know, like, Hey Lamar, if you had a bad pass, we're not going to yell at you. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, Hey, like, why are you yelling at us? It was so he yelled at me for the holding call, which is kind of understandable, but like we, we, we talked and we're good. And then the Ronnie thing was because it was like, we were trying to communicate on the line of scrimmage and we're inside. It's we're in new Orleans. It's loud in there. It's a dome. So like, we're trying to communicate and it was just like some, some miscommunication and Ronnie, if anyone that knows Ronnie Stanley, he's very um, opinionated. He's very strong, what he believes in. So like, it's very easy to get an argument with Ronnie. Like, it's just what it is. Like, Ronnie always argues with guys, but, like, healthy arguments, you know? But it just so happened that we're on sure. a football field playing on national TV in New Orleans, and they started yelling. Um, there was just some miscommunication. Like, we just joke about it because it's just kind of funny to look back at. But um, every, they were fine after that. Um, so something you can kind of just laugh about afterwards. Was that related to, if I'm not mistaken, was one of the backs in there that maybe missed an assignment and led to a sack? Is that... Is that what it was? No, I think no, I think it was like the play call. Like I think it was like we thought it was something, but Mar was trying to say something, or it was like we were trying like it was something like yeah. that. It was like something about the play. I don't think there's anything in protection or nothing like that. Well, when you look back at this season, now you got me thinking about some of the operational issues offensively that that continued to kind of show up here and there throughout the season, whether that was um snapping the football at literally the eleventh hour of of the of the clock. Or, um, I don't know, I guess penalties wasn't like a huge, huge issue, but it just seemed like at times, and I know there was a lot going on, especially when you, when you had to switch quarterbacks. I mean, that's, that's a big change. Um, yep. but when you look back and reflect on it, what, what was at the crux of, of the, 
operational issues that you guys had offensively? I think uh, sometimes it was either, you know, sometimes on the players, sometimes on the coaches, not getting the play call in fast enough. Sometimes, you know, it could be as simple as the quarterback trying to find the play number and trying to read it to us and he's tired and he, he, maybe someone didn't hear it. So they're like, what was that? What? You know, and, you know, maybe we had too many words and sometimes in some plays or maybe we substitute too late. It's just, you know, it's just like, it's not, it's not like a one answer for it for any situation. It's yeah. just like sometimes little things here and there. And we try to clean it up as much as best we, as best we can. Um, but, you know, now we have a new offensive coordinator um, and probably going to have a couple different players on the offense that obviously weren't there last year, some linemen, receivers, whatever it may be. Um, that, you know, hopefully moving forward, we won't have as many of those, you know, just pre-snap operational issues um, because obviously that can hurt your drive. It can hurt, you know, score opportunities and all, you know, things like that. And you just want to be a cleaner, faster, quicker, uh, you know, offense. And I think, you know, in the – with Munkin's pregame stuff, with Harbaugh and all them, I think they were talking about more of like, you know, uh, sometimes going no huddle, kind of, you know, faster speed offense in terms of just – and out of the huddle and you know like last year those are things we preached though it wasn't like we were out here just doing you know not working on these things like we're always trying to get in out of the huddle fast we're trying to communicate as best we can and trying to line up and yeah. just play football and um sometimes it just you know didn't go as smoothly as we wanted to but you know yeah it's, uh, we're working we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So is there a part of you as you 
like you, you mentioned it multiple times, you're about to learn an entirely new system. Uh, I don't know how new it's going to be from what you've done in the past, but the majority of your career, you've been with one OC and that's Greg Roman. And obviously you've, you've had, I mean, you've been pretty fortunate, right? I mean, you've been heavily involved. I would say, I'm sure you want to be more involved, but you've, from a fullback standpoint, you've been in a pass catch standpoint at times, right? You've been pretty involved in the offense. Is there a part of you that uh, is a little nervous based on the, the track record that Munkin comes in with of being an aerial attack kind of guy? Um, where, where are you at with that? Um, I mean, so my first years I had Marty Morningwig and he was kind of like a balance offense, but I didn't play that. I didn't really play that much with Marty. And then it was, you know, Greg Roman who obviously utilized me a lot. And I'm really appreciative and fortunate and um, learned a lot from him and just, you know, the position and, and, you know, how I can be used and utilized. I think he kind of showcased a lot, a lot of my, you know, strong attributes, you know, with Munkin, you know, I think he's he's going to come in here and I think he's really going to use who's here and kind of shape that offensive scheme based on who's here and what we have success in. So I don't think we're going to just be a passing offense all of a sudden. I think we're going to still be like he even said, like you you need to run the ball in order to have success as an offense. So I think we're still going to be, you know, ba a balanced offense, you know, maybe in the past we're a little more run heavy. So I think with Munkin, it's going to be a little more balanced. Um and, you know, for me, it's like, it's, you know, it's like uh, whatever is going to be asked of me to do, I'm going to try to do the best I can. So if he wants me to play all fullback, that's fine. If he wants me to play less fullback or more of a, a wide block and tight end, that's fine with me. Um, you know, things like that. That's been my, that's been my, been my whole career. You know, I used to be yeah. a two-way player playing D-line, you know, off offense at the same time, uh, special teams, all that. So, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm nervous. Um, I'm just, I guess I want to say I'm anxious, but I'm just curious of how he's going to utilize me and how curious. I'm going to, what yeah. my role is going to be in this offense. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I believe in myself and what I can do. So, you know, we'll just kind of see how he's going to fit me in the offense. Um, we'll see, you know, there's a whole off season and, and training camp to kind of figure that out. Yeah. So needless to say, as we, you know, we're sitting here in late March, Needless to say, you haven't been briefed on one, what your role will be in 2023 or two, what exactly he's going to be imp implementing here. Like, have, have you had a, a conversation with Todd? Or, I mean, I, you haven't been in the building all that much, have you? I know I haven't been in the building at all. I haven't spoken to him yet. I'm just kind of waiting just to see him in person and just for him to grasp, you know, seeing because like, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize who I am or like how my size, I guess, when they, until they see me, you know, they think I'm a fullback. So they're probably like, okay, he's probably like six foot. Okay. He's probably like whatever, but yeah. I'm really six, three, 300. So it's like, he's really yeah. okay. Like yeah. he's actually pretty big. And then I think when he talks to me, he's going to understand that I'm actually a pretty intelligent player to where I can do a lot of things and grasp a lot. And um, I think he's going to, you know, obviously he's seen the tape, he's seen stuff like that. I've had a brief conversation with coach Harbaugh about it and, it seems like I'm going to have somewhat of a similar role that I've had. But like I said, like we just, it, it all shakes out to our personnel, you know, like if we don't have a, a blocking tight end at all, then I'm, I might have to fill that role in more. Or if, you know, if we don't have any, all of a sudden don't have any good running backs, I don't think we're going to run the ball that much, you know, things like that. Like it all depends on the personnel. It depends on the draft free agency, most importantly, who our quarterback is, that's very important for an offense. So it's, um, 
we'll see. You know, I'm going to be back down there in a couple of weeks. So I'll have a conversation with him and kind of just see where his head's at. Well, one personnel grouping uh, after Justice's re-signing like a week or two ago is is set for 2023, and that's the backfield. So you got, and it's a familiar group, right? J.K. Gus and and Justice, at least as of things, the way things stand right now. Uh, do you? I mean, last time we really heard from J.K. was in in a fiery mode, in an emotional moment after the loss, right? Where he sounded off on he didn't name anybody specifically, but clearly it was. The game plan, it was his lack of usage. It was, I'm sure, the, uh, the loss had a, had a certainly a role in, in where he was at post-game after the Bengals lost. But uh, just because nobody's heard from him, I, I guess I just wonder, has, do you think he's cooled off? Do you think he wants to continue being in Baltimore? And, and if you, have you had a chance to catch up with him this offseason? So I've, I've been following social media a little bit. I've seen that he's like in Mexico right now. He's all about being like uh, <laughs> El Toro and, you know, uh, but no, I definitely think. He, Which is, per- is that not perfect though? Like it's just perfect yeah. for him. <laughs> yeah. I think he's trying to like get into the whole Spanish uh, Mexican market. Um, but I think he, I think he, I think he loves Baltimore. I think he loves the organization. And I think now having a new offensive coordinator, I think, Bodes, bodes well with guys who had issues with either Jiro or the scheme or whatever it may be or not getting the ball, whatever, you know. So I think it's almost like a fresh start for some guys that wanted it or thought they needed it or whatever it is. So I think I think he's going to be reinvigorated. You know, he, him and Gus came back last year, and I think they were still not 100% healthy with their knee. So I think this offseason is going to be really big for both of those guys and you know, rehabbing and getting their knee 100% healthy to where they can, you know, be back in full form where they used to be. And I think they still ran the ball really well last year when they when they were given the ball. Um, so I'm excited for both those guys. I think, you know, another, you know, full off season of getting healthy, I think is going to be huge for both of them. So I'm excited to yeah. be blocking for them. And I think they definitely want to be here. I don't know if Lamar needs to be sold on coming back to Baltimore. I mean, I just saw RG3 saying something yesterday that basically said, he doesn't want to say that the relationship is salvageable because he doesn't believe that it's in a bad place. He just thinks it's about money at this point. Right. And he's been a, obviously a, a huge, I mean, he's put on his reporting hat over the last year or so and become a, a dude too. who's just flying. Right. Yeah. He's, he's fly. I know you share his stuff often. I see it. And um, he, he's wasted no time whatsoever in, in getting his broadcast career together. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's calling like, big time college football or big time NFL. He already is calling games in the booth for ESPN, but down the road, like if he's, if he's like a primetime staple, I wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. But where I'm going with this is um, I don't know if Lamar needs to be sold on coming back. But when I think about what the team has done, excluding like, I know that Harbs and EDC have made it clear. They want to rebuild the wide receiver room. I mean, that's literally using words that they use in the end of season press conference. So we'll see how they do that, whether it's through the draft or free it's been a slow start to free agency as you know uh they could also do it via trade so we'll see what happens but when i start to think about the hires and the adjustments that have been made so far this offseason by by the coaching staff even bringing in guys from other markets that you would think have a a pass happy background almost saying like lamar we're doing all this for you it seems like it's all it's all there for the taking and i don't know why he wouldn't want to come back aside from the whole business side of, of obviously what he's dealing with right now, you know? 
No, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, what you said in RG3 said, I think it's spot on. I think he wants to be in Baltimore. He loves he loves organization. He loves the coaches. Uh, well, he loves who was, who's here now. I mean, Harbaugh and, you know, I don't know what his relationship was with Giro and some of the other coaches that are gone now. But um, I know he loves the area. He loves his teammates. Um, I think, like, like you said, I think it's just business for Lamar. I think he's just trying to maximize – you know, his his career in terms of earnings and just uh, security, I guess. Um, so I think that's just the, the biggest issue right now. And, um, you know, him representing himself maybe is making it a little bit uh, not as smooth, I guess. But I, I can't speak on that just because I don't know what's been said or what's going on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's there's no question that he wants to be here. Like, but, like, you know, you just kind of question, like, as time – as a, as the – calendar days keep flipping and flipping it's like okay like what is yeah. what is it is it the money is it he is it or he maybe now is he thinking like oh maybe there's something out there that i think is better suited for me but like you said i think the organization has done a lot of changes with the offense and the coaching staffs and just different things that i think is more suitable to lamar because we all know he wants to be a more of a throwing quarterback but he can run obviously like he, he has no problem with it but i think he wants to be more of that because he wants to prove that he can do it consistently and now that we have you know more pieces like you said maybe better more receivers or more competitive room some different coaches that will, will, will help in that process um so it's definitely it's definitely like built right now for a more balanced offense and more suitable for him i think like you said, as each day, I mean, April 1st is right around the corner. The draft is on just over a month away at the time of this taping. Like as every day passes, there are, you know, limitations that come with, I mean, you have a, a, a you have your franchise quarterback on the non-exclusive tag that comes with limitations when it comes to team building. I mean, it's no secret as to why, you know, they're the only team, you know, the Ravens are the only team right now league wide that, that hasn't necessarily dove into the whole free agency frenzy. So I, that's, conversation for another time but uh but that's that's there's some pressure there especially from an organizational standpoint uh needing to to do what it needs to do this offseason let's finish here pat um a few weeks back the nflpa survey came out that was uh much much talked about in the market because of where the the, the ravens ranked when it comes to overall strength and conditioning training strength and conditioning coaches I didn't even know F minus was a thing, by the way, Me <laughs> in like the grading system. <laughs> but uh, I, I got to wonder what your reaction was. It, there was a, a firestorm of reaction led by Rashad's tweet, obviously. But um, along those lines of the changes that were made, do you co-sign them being made? Was that the right decision by Harbs and, and company this offseason? And, and if you have any, any light that you want to shed there. So first off, I think – the NFLPA did a great job with those report cards. I think moving forward, it's going to set somewhat of a standard across the league because it is coming straight from the players. So it's giving a voice to the players of just of just sending a standard of all aspects of the teams of the organization. So I think it's important. It's important for the organization to kind of hear from the players like, oh, man, we didn't realize like this area we're slacking in according to the players or free agents who are maybe wanting to go to a team and then hearing from the players in the report card, like, wow, like their strength coach, they gave them an F minus. Like, oof, I, I got to like 
look into that or stuff like that. And um, I think I think it's I think it's a really cool thing. Um, really happy that they did it. But you know, for us, the F minus. I don't. First of all, like you said, I didn't like Fs are bad. Like I didn't think it can get any worse than an F. But an F minus. That's like kind of disrespectful. I'm not gonna lie. Like I didn't think our strength staff was that bad like i like so for me i'm kind of a meathead so like i enjoy working out and stuff like that so like i would never give someone an f minus but i just know that you know years past a lot of players just kind of had problems with c saunders and either himself as a person or how he went about his business or his his program um so i guess i'm not surprised just by the grade that was given to to that strength staff um I think it's mostly directed towards Steve Saunders, but you know, I think, I think uh, Harbaugh and Hor- organization in that aspect kind of had to make a change because an F minus, like that's just saying, like you kind of have to listen to your players at some point. I think, I think honestly, the biggest yeah, one, yeah. the biggest grade that I think surprised me was the family's one, where we got a C plus. You know, I always thought the Ravens treated our us and our families very well. I thought that. It's a first-class organization in terms of, you know, what they do for our families and stuff like that. But um, I guess, you know, it just it just shows that, you know, around the league, I guess teams are doing some more things for the families that we weren't aware of or we didn't realize or know. And so I think, you know, they're going to try to improve that area because, you know, the organization, the team really does care about us and our families. So I think that's important for them. Um, but, yeah, I think everything – all the other grading was seemed pretty fair. Um but yeah, it's definitely interesting. And then, you know, you look around the league and you kind of see like I saw the commanders had like all D's and F's, but for some reason they really loved their strength coach and they gave him an A plus. Um, so it was just funny. It was just funny looking around and just kind of just seeing different things. Like I saw the Cardinals were graded kind of low. And one of the things that was interesting to me was their cafeteria, they were charging players for meals when you were taking them out in the off season. That's something the Ravens would never do. They would never charge us for food. Like they want us to be eating. They want us to be, you know, healthy, eating the right things. And they're more than happy happy for us taking meals home. And I think the Cardinals is like the only team in the whole league that does that. And that can't happen. You know, you can't be the one team that charges your players for food when every other team's not. Like players are not going to be okay with that. If nothing else, it like forces these teams to look inside their organizations from like a thousand feet up and make adjustments, you know? So hopefully that's what happens here in Baltimore. Hopefully that happens in Arizona. And then you stack them up against other teams and hopefully it becomes more, you know, more even keeled, more balanced. But um, yeah, I I guess I'll just finish with this along the lines of the strength and conditioning regiments. I mean, you said you're a meathead, you're you're in the lock. You love putting up weight, having chatted with Derek Wolf at length um, in the last like six months or so. I mean, he didn't mince his words whatsoever. I'm sure you've seen it. He basically without naming Steve personally said that he was one of the central reasons as to why that back and hip thing flared up and ultimately forced him to retire earlier than he would have wanted. Do you think that there's any outdated nature of this that, that, that played a factor in it or is it, was it just Saunders regiment? Like, was there anything outdated about it? I don't know if it was just lack of communication between Steve and maybe like the training staff in terms of like, injuries that guys were dealing with and maybe it was Steve's ego that he just thinks he knows what's best and I'm going to do this with you but like he didn't know that 
what's really happened with the player or like I don't I don't know I don't really have an answer for you I guess um, I personally like Steve as as a guy as a as a person and you know some guys didn't some guys didn't like his workouts I didn't really mind him that much you know I think I think guys want more of like a more like a balanced workout you know Steve you know he might have said this I don't know but his workouts were not they were not individualized you know like they were just for position groups so like tight ends and linebackers all and running backs all did the same workouts the linemen all did the same workouts it wasn't like pat ricard this is your workout it's different than everyone else's based on your injuries like if i had an injury i would go in there and i would tell them like hey this is bothering me blah 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 like i can't do this okay let's do this instead like that was happening like it wasn't like just straight neglect it wasn't like ignorance and stuff like that but like sometimes things happen and some guys are very vocal and very passionate like Derek wolf and Unfortunately, he got injured by working out with Steve. So it's just stuff like that that's happened that for me, that's all I know. I've only been with the Ravens. So like, I don't know if it's different elsewhere, but according, it, sometimes it is just because those guys had been elsewhere. I think that's why they've had major issues because maybe they were somewhere else where their workouts were different or maybe different communication or different guidance or whatever it is to where now being in Baltimore, maybe it's just different to them and they just completely disagreed with it all. So like, I don't know, you know, sure. so it's unfortunate at the end of the day and I just want the best for my teammates and obviously the coaches too. I think that's a good place to stick a pin in it. I've kept you much longer than what we originally planned. So it's uh, obviously much appreciated and I hope you're enjoying your time with, with family this off season, Pat, and uh, anything you'd, you you want to plug before we, um, before we scoot, anything you're doing, um, you know, away from the field or any, any, anywhere you want folks to find you, go ahead and do that now before we drop. Yeah, sure. Uh, I have my website. It's thepatrickricard.com. Uh, I have different merchs on there, you know, Project Pat stuff, Pancake Pat Sweat. Um, Instagram is prick, P-R-I-C. Thank you, Bobby, for having me on. Uh, not a problem. Staying on a little extra. Talking Ravens and all football and stuff like that. Uh, had a good time so thanks for having me on you send me the invoice brother but i always <laughs> appreciate you and uh looking forward to catching up with you at some point uh later this off season like you said just a couple weeks out from uh you coming back to baltimore and then otas is right around the corner mini camp training camp we all know how it goes this time of yep. year you got to hold on to it and cherish it because it flies so it pat does. ricard appreciate you man i'll talk to you soon yep thank you